Good evening. It's Wednesday evening of uh, Oshkosh Week 2021, and this is the Uncontrolled Airspace UCAP Daily 1033 Charlie. And I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from the grounds of the AirVenture Oshkosh 2021 show, and uh, give you an update on things that have been going on today. It's an interesting evening here at AirVenture. Uh, we are currently under a big warning for um, a fairly severe uh, thunderstorm that's supposed to come through later this evening. And uh, it's kind of an interesting situation because um, it's it's like after 8 right now. Um, it was supposed to have started raining around 6 with the early forecasts, and it still seems perfectly fine here. So we're all wondering what's really going on here and if this forecast is real or not. The... Uh, uh, the radar doesn't look all that threatening. There, are, there is a line of storms coming, but they're not, they don't look too dramatic, um, and uh, they're some ways off. On the other hand, as we all know, these things can change. So we'll see what happens later on this evening. Um, those of you listening to this uh, already know what happened. So, uh, um, you know, from Jack in the past, here we go. Anyways, um, another fun day at AirVenture 2021. Um, I started the day off this morning. I went out to uh, the uh, ultralight area to watch the, uh, some airplanes fly and also to get breakfast at the Tall Pines Cafe, which is a very, very cool little uh, breakfast operation out there. They do uh, really nice pancakes and eggs and sausages, and I guess you can alternately get biscuits and gravy, and, and there's just kind of, it's not a very broad menu, but it's a nice little breakfast menu, and uh, you, you invariably meet someone fun while you're sitting out there on one of the picnic tables having your pancakes and coffee. So I was out there this morning, and uh, that was, that, you know, I really enjoyed that. It was a nice walk down there, too. The, the weather this, this morning was pretty nice. Um, so it was a nice walk out there um, through the uh, uh, the uh, anti-classic, well, I guess they call it vintage now, um, areas, parking. A lot of fun airplanes out there. Uh, in many ways, those are my kinds of airplanes. So uh, that was a fun walk. Uh, the uh, uh, while I was out there, the now I'm going to say the powered parachutes were flying, but I I I know that there's a distinction there that I'm not real familiar with. Dave will correct me later on um, whether these were powered parachutes or now I'm blanking on what the alternative is. But there's another kind of aircraft very similar to that. The ones I was watching were the ones where you wear the engine backpack on your back. Um, the propellers enclosed in some sort of cage, and then you have uh, lines that go out to a unstructured wing that, to me, looks like a parachute, but it's not like, well, parachutes aren't round these days, but it's not even, you know, kind of regalo wing-shaped. It's very narrow. So I don't know what those were, but they were fun, and they were flying, and uh, doing big uh, circles out over the uh, cornfields, and then coming back and doing low passes. Um, I, they pointed out, so the announcers pointed out something that I hadn't been aware of, that I hadn't become conscious of, but I thought about it. I go, oh, yeah, that is different. When the ultralights fly, um, they go around and they'll do one or two circles, and then they'll land and taxi back, and then if they're so inclined, take off again. But the, uh, and I'm not sure, it sounds like maybe even that's a requirement. They have to touch down every now and then or something like that. But the powered parachutes... Because these guys are, and women are walking when they're on the ground, they don't apparently require them to actually land and walk back and take off again. So they're allowed more to do flybys and, and low passes than, than uh, apparently the, the rules are, are less restrictive or, you know, whatever. It's interesting, though. Um, 
we've blathered about this on the podcast in the past. The ultralight area, which is now called the fun fly zone, but it'll always be the ultralight area, is is one of the most fun areas of the whole fly-in. Um, if only because they get to fly um, all week long, in the mornings and in the afternoons. And so you can go up there and see some really interesting airplanes um, actually flying, taking off and landing on a grass strip right in front of you. So that's pretty cool. What else happened today? Uh, I, uh, I spent a lot of time just wandering around, um, seeing some of the things. I've been going into the exhibit hangars. You know, on, on a COVID note, I've been a little bit more um, uncomfortable in the exhibit hangars than I expected to be. Um, uh, although I'm, I'm, I'm very, very confident and comfortable with my vaccination, um, and I just it felt odd to be in these exhibit hangars so close to other people. Um, and so I made my trips into the exhibit hangars very, very brief. I kind of just kind of zoomed through and, and was trying to, you know, kind of breathe shallowly. And, uh, of course, none of these things really help. I really should have put on a mask. Um, and uh, I, But I would have been like one of two people in the entire hangar wearing a mask, which felt odd. And that's a bad excuse for not wearing a mask. But there you go. Um, but I, I did kind of try and, you know, kind of make my obligatory visit to the exhibit hangars um, and, uh, and, you know, saw what we see up there. Nothing special that really popped out at me, maybe because I raced through it. One exhibit that I did go to take a look at that I had been looking forward to, I, as you know from the podcast, I'm a big believer in electric power for in all things. Um, and, and although it's awkward and hard to do in an airplane, um, they are making strides. And one of the programs that's doing some interesting things is an organization called By Aerospace, B-Y-E. It's a person's name. Um, and uh, I've been watching them from afar for a few years now. And uh, I, they may have been exhibitors or presenters here in the past, but they really had a very uh, distinct booth, I noticed, this time. And so I was looking forward to go to see the, see the booth to see what they were up to. Um, I arrived at their booth uh, uh, this afternoon to take a look, and, and quite frankly, I was a little disappointed. Not The, the program still seems very interesting. Um, so they, they, this is in the outdoor exhibits area near the exhibit hangars, and they... They, they didn't have an outdoor exhibit. They're in the outdoor exhibit area, but they didn't have an outdoor exhibit. They built one of these temporary tent structure things, um, fairly large, I don't know, but, you know, a, a large hangar size, um, completely enclosed um, with glass doors that you had to walk through to go inside um, to see their, 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 uh, their display. Um, one good side effect of this is it was nicely air conditioned in there, and that was pleasant, but uh, it was just odd that they didn't, they didn't, they weren't displaying themselves to the passers-by. And when you go inside, you understand why. And this is the second disappointing thing, which is that they didn't even bring an airplane. I mean, I understand they're early in the program and they don't have, all they have is a prototype. But according to the news, they have a flying prototype. And, and I don't understand why they didn't bring that here and show it off, but they didn't. Um, they had all kinds of pictures of it. And I had a chat with a guy there and we were talking about the program. And they seem to be still doing good things. But um, from a marketing set, as a former marketing guy, I, I was disappointed in what they did. They, they, I, I think they squandered the opportunity of being at, at, at AirVenture when, by not really, really showing themselves off. I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe I should ask them what was their thinking on that. But anyways, that was a little disappointing. But I did learn a little bit about the program, and they're making progress. They're trying to get to the point where they... They're, they're now building a new aircraft that is a follow-on from what they learned on their prototype. And uh, I think he said they're hoping that that will fly um, later this year or after the first of the year in 2022. 
um, and uh, you know, you know, their their fantasy dream, and he acknowledges that this is a fantasy dream, is that there might be um, saleable airplanes by the end of 22 or into 23. So that's by aerospace, uh, one of a handful of uh, of uh, electric airplane projects and programs, which I personally believe is the future. I ran into uh, EAA Director of Communication, Dick Nopinski, um, who has always been uh, very, very uh, kind to us as a podcast. And, of course, Jeb and Dave have worked with him for years as, as working journalists. And we chatted for a few minutes. Um, I, uh, I asked him a few questions uh, for, for this uh, daily episode. And uh, let's listen right now to uh, what his take on the fly-in is at this point. How's the week going? I mean, it's early, but uh, but how how do you feel about it this year? You know, it's such a joy just to be back. That that's the biggest thing, Jack. It, it's you know missing everybody last year, and you know online is simply not the same as being here, experiencing Oshkosh together, like you in the campground and everything else. That's a special part of it. But early on, really fast start. Uh, Jack Pelton yesterday said typically we park five thousand aircraft before the event starts the weekend before. This year we parked seventy nine hundred. So it gives you some idea of the growth and people just pent up wanting to get out here. And that enthusiasm is evident in the people here. It's evident throughout the community. And you know, we're hoping for a big week all because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw that in Camp Scholar as well. Uh, we arrived at our normal on our normal date to find that we had to be much further out because it was very crowded. So uh, It was. You know, we keep kidding. Well, we'll have to go cut some more alfalfa and get everybody in here. Well, you have, as a matter of fact. Did you expand the so-called South 40? We did. The South 40, uh, we've worked with the airport, Whitman Regional Airport, to uh, obtain that land and set up aircraft camping down there. And it's paid off this year. Uh, really, you know, Jack Pelton had said one of his goals was to say, no plane turned away from Oshkosh. Uh, if you want to be here and want to participate and be part of this culture, uh, we welcome you. Now, how do we fit everybody in? And that's a challenge. But uh, working with the airport, we've developed that area all the way to the southern edge of the airport grounds. And uh, that's really come in handy this year. Some interesting expansions to the NOTAM this year, particularly the arrival from uh, Rip and Fisk. Yeah. Any word yet on how that worked out? Uh, so far, it's worked out very well. Uh, you know, we heard one person cut in line and probably got admonished by the uh, controllers. But uh, what that does, it's almost like a series of retention ponds. As one fills up, it overflows into the next one, next one, so therefore you don't cause flooding in one. And it's worked very well. Uh, you know, we've had some weather issues and, and things that have held up, um, you know, for instance, IFR arrivals or military arrivals that hold people on Sunday. We easily were able to transition to Green Lake, Puckaway Lake, and even back to the Endeavor Bridge, which, um, first of all, is a credit to FAA for working that through, and second to the pilots, because they listened, they said, great, we can be here, we can hold, it's not just a melee over Ripon, and makes things much safer. Yeah, we saw some dramatic ADSB images of the conga line going way all the way out, and in fact, at one point I saw it curving net south down the highway there from uh, from that first point. Yeah, it just gives you an idea of how many people actually wanted to get yeah, here. Yeah, really. And that's been the fun, watching last weekend as everybody arrived. It's just, you know, again, a joy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, watching the, the green dot and the orange dot and the yellow dot all in action at the same time. And so those are the kind of things that we look forward to, and I think everybody's been looking forward to for two years. Yeah. Anything else you want to get the word out about? You know, I, I think, you know, everybody, you know, stay safe, some patience uh, this year. You know, there are some things, a few COVID protocols that we have in place. 
uh, you know, a few changes uh, with transportation internally, some auto parking. Yeah, those are the kind of things that, okay, things are going to be a little bit different, but uh, the Oshkosh feeling will be the same, and it's great to have yourself and everybody else back here. That's great. Thank you. So thank you, Dick. I literally tackled him as he was walking uh, down a corridor, and uh, he was very, uh, very friendly. I'm sure he's a busy guy, but uh, he spent a few minutes talking with me, and I thank him for that. What else? Oh, I know. The next thing, and so the final thing, uh, big thing for me to this day was that I got together and had dinner with some of my, my former um, uh, AirVenture Today colleagues, and that's always a thrill. Um, I had made some great friendships. I mean, Jeb and Dave are certainly two examples, but there were others, and uh, we worked together for, for over a decade. Uh, at, on, I worked on the newspaper for over a decade. I worked with these people, and I consider them friends, and uh, I, it, I regret not seeing them more often during AirVenture Week. So we always try to get together, and we did last night. We were going to go to the night air show, um, but already, um, well, and it would have been going on right now, except that mid-afternoon they decided to cancel the night air show because of this big storm threat. So uh, instead of going to the night air show together, we uh, went back and, and found a uh, brew pub here in, uh, in Oshkosh and got together and, uh, and chatted for a while and just had a great visit. It's just really fun. These are wonderful people. Um, and uh, uh, Barb and Dan and Fred and Phil um, is, uh, you know, our, our great friends. And I enjoyed sitting with them. That was a lot of fun. Went to a place called Green's Poor House. Poor like in P-O-U-R. Um, nice little brew pub. I'd never been there before. Uh, it's in the Granary Building, if you know Oshkosh. So, uh um, I recommend it. Give it a try when you're here. Anyways, well, I guess that's about it for today. Uh, we're all getting hunkered down here. People are racing around trying to uh, tie down their tents and get everything loose, um, hidden away so that it won't get blown away. They're really forecasting a scary big storm, like large hail, and um, EAA has told everybody to go home, and uh, it's just... Uh, uh, they're taking it very seriously. It remains to be seen what actually happens. And Lord knows Wisconsin weather in the summertime can do frightening things. Um, and it can also fizzle out. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you guys already know. I'll report more in tomorrow's daily. But for the time being, you have uh, Uncontrolled Airspace UCAP Daily 1033. Charlie.